0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast. MMA Takes Podcast. With your host, Brian Petrie. Brian Petrie. This is the week that Darren Till becomes welterweight champion of the world. That's right. It's Darren Till fight week, baby. Less than, uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning. Wonderful Tuesday morning after Labor Day. I believe it's the fourth my mask crack so in four days he'll be fighting tyron woodley for the Weight strap and i couldn't be more excited this podcast i mean since day one since i launched uh been a huge Darren uh till supporter and uh i knew he'd get a shot and uh it's only a matter of him winning i thought he'd be a bigger underdog that's for the second podcast we'll get into that for the the podcast coming out later this week about breaking down the card and whatnot but it's Dan Till Fight Week. You know, I was gonna splice in a few of his quotes. He had this amazing BT uh BT Sports spot that's absolutely incredible. Go to MMA if you want to see it. The um UFC countdown came out yesterday and uh it was great. I mean Tyron Willie's been great through this whole thing too. Very authentic, very honest about everything and uh you, you got to respect the guy i mean i'm not a huge tyron woodley fan never really have been obviously i'm on the opposite side of this because i'm i'm a till guy but tyron has been very refreshing uh with his honesty and and he's an intelligent guy he's an intelligent fighter i, I think i don't think he gets enough credit for that Darren Till already said that but it's 100 percent true we have a lot to cover i uh was gonna put this one out last week I kept waiting because there there was like new shit that kept breaking that I'm like, well, either I can tweet about this or I can talk about it. So I waited, waited, waited. Was going to do it yesterday on beautiful Labor Day. Did I say Memorial Day at the top of the show? I keep getting this fucking mixed up. Labor Day. I was going to do it Labor Day uh, yesterday, but, you know, want to kick back with the fam. So here I am early Tuesday morning. I have the the day off work and uh, I'm going to talk to the people what we got to get to first, which I know it's been about, it feels like maybe two months ago, but UFC Lincoln, um, I haven't talked to you guys since the results for that. Ah, when a, uh, I mean, I'm dead. I'm dead right now. I went a dismal 5-8, and eight, uh, a pathetic 5-8. and eight. Um, I, I, was, I really thought I was going to do well on this card, if I'm being completely honest with you. I really did like, I mean, I picked a lot of unders. I, I went on risk, but I, I thought they were calculated risk. But at the top of the show, we got to get the Justin Gaethje. He knocked out James Vick until the next fucking world. I picked Vick to win. I thought Vick was going to use his length and piece him up. And and Justin Gaethje coming off two losses. I underestimated how mentally strong Justin Gaethje is. Just didn't give a shit about the two losses. Fought top competition. Knew he was going to beat Vick. Just had all the confidence in the world. Came out there. uh, Vick looked good. Uh, He didn't get hit with any leg kicks. Justin threw a few and and Vick had really good distance, and Vic was using front kicks and leg kicks of his own and and using his jab, but I don't think Gaethje really got hit with a punch and then closed the distance, got Vic on the fence, landed right hand, and and I think James Vic is still currently knocked out. Um, A big win for Gaethje. I'm a huge Gaethje fan. I literally picked Vic because... I just thought he was going to win, but I am a I am a Gaethje fan, so I'm I'm so glad Gaethje proved me wrong. Sucks that I went against my record. I did not gamble on this fight or any of these fights. Actually, I was just so excited that the DOC back. I was just laying on my couch watching it. Uh, really need to work on the pacing. I mean, we'll get to that. I'm not going to talk about everything. I have a couple things circled here. Jake Ellenberger lost. I, I picked him to win. I, I didn't think Brian Barberino was all that great. Ellerberger went down with a with a pretty. It, I mean, the shot wasn't. It wasn't the hardest shot in the world. that put him down, and, and I'm glad that he retired. He put the gloves in the octagon. He's from Nebraska, and I thought that was. I thought that was important. Eric Anders won. Um, looked pretty sloppy. Looked pretty. Uh, I don't know if he came up with an injury. He didn't look as trim as he usually does. I mean, he's a big 85er, so he looked pretty thick. By no means, he looked like he was out of shape, but he just looked a little off. His timing was off. Tim Williams, uh, not, not not the greatest guy in the world, I, I don't think. I mean, I, I picked Anders to win, and Anders, it was a close fight until Anders kicked him in his fucking, kicked his face off, uh, you know, and um, Williams is on the ground, he's working his way up, and as he's, the minute he took his hand off the mat to try to back away to get back to his feet, he got kicked in his in his face, and uh, his face went flying in the third row, and Anders won. James Krause. Looked amazing against Worley Alvarez. That's the one that I regret picking because was, that was really 50-50 for me. I just thought maybe Worley was going to be a little overwhelming for Kraus, but Kraus looked incredible. Huge underdog, too. A lot of people got paid on that. I'm very jealous. Corey Sanhagen got his arm broken, essentially. I mean, got twisted every which way and just it came back and pounded Uriah Contra. The ref in that fight got... Fired pretty much mid-fight because he just let that go on so bad. Yuri is a veteran, so you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, you got to stop that fight. That was lunacy that he did that. But Corey Sandhagen, tough two zero in the UFC now, really really tough kid. Good, good to keep it an dying. And the last, last but not least, this this guy kind of made the most. Besides Gaethje, kind of made the most headways on the tour. Mickey Gall, what are you doing, man? You, you look pretty good, right? George Sullivan is a bum. Sorry, George, you are. You, sh- you don't belong in the UFC. The one thing Sullivan couldn't do is get taken down. What happens right off the fucking get go? He gets taken fucking down. Mickey Gall submits him. Calls out Sage Northcutt again, like, and then D and then a, and then kind of a Diego Sanchez call out. It's like, dude, what do you? You already beat Sage. You've already called Sage out. You had a pretty good call out when you called him out before. Then you went and beat him. That part of your life is over. You call him out again. That's just such weak. So I'm like not a Nick Mickey Gall fan. Mickey Gall's got a lot of making up to do with me because that was that was such so weak and just like what, I mean, what are you doing? The Diego Sanchez call out. I mean, I can see it. Sure, Diego's a legend or whatever. I think Diego's maybe on his way out. Maybe Mickey. I mean, anytime Mickey Gall's but the only time he's went up against besides Chase Norcott, I guess, is an up and coming real deal talent was Randy Brown and he got smoked. So maybe quit calling out these legends and and, and start calling out guys that are kind of on your level on the way up. I mean, and and maybe not guys you've already beat before. You know, Sage is up and down from 155-170. I think he should stay at 170. Maybe Sage wants that fight back. I doubt it. I mean, Sage is, has won. I don't think he's lost since that fight. He's he's won a lot lately. He's without the male now. He's looking pretty good. So I don't know what Mickey Gall's doing. That was the biggest surprise of the night to me was was Mickey Gall's call out. I, I usually enjoy the guy. To this day, one of the best walkouts I've ever seen live with, hey, Mickey, you're so fine against CM Punk. But, I mean, and I and I respect the call-out. I like when fighters call fighters out. I, I like them trying to call their next shot. That's the people they want. Sam Alvey's doing a great job with it. He's very, Sam Alvey's very, uh, I mean, he's so kind of quirky, and, and he's not like the shit-talking type or anything like that, but you can tell he's a fun, he has a good personality type of guy, and he'll go out there, and he's very calculated with his call-outs. You know, He called out uh, John Blonte, got the Blonte fight, because he thought that was a good matchup for him. Um, I forget who I think he maybe called out Corey Anderson in his last fight. Hopefully he gets out because I think that's another good matchup for him. I think he has good takedown offense and I think he could uh he can land on Corey. But um anyway, so that was that was Lincoln. It was so good to have UFC back in my life. Felt like it was I know it was only maybe two or three weeks where they didn't have an event, but you know, I'm we're I'm so spoiled and we're spoiled as MMA fans that we were getting used to having it every single week. And uh, you know, People say you need a break and I and I do think there's some breaks. I think, you know, because Lincoln was a great car, a lot of people did not talk about. But, you know, let's uh that's that's enough about Lincoln. That was that felt like two months ago. So let's go ahead and jump into some news that you might not have heard of. What in the heck do you live under a rock? That's right. If you haven't heard any of this stuff, then you might be living under a rock. But I have to get to the the top of the show, the top of the little news segment here with um John McCain. Uh, he died, he passed away. I believe um, sometime this past weekend, not this past weekend, I guess the week his funeral was just yesterday, but um, John McCain is a American hero, I don't care if you, what side of the political spectrum you're on, if you like him, if you don't like him, I know a lot of people, um, a lot of like real hardcore People were like, Well, I didn't agree with his policies. I'm not gonna cherish him, he's dead. I mean, you gotta put that aside. The uh, the guy was a hero. He was in the air force, he got captured, he got tortured, you know, ran for presidency and, and twice, I believe, and, and just didn't get it because, you know, he he ran against a couple juggernauts. Um, but I think McCain was a smart guy, smart man, a hero. And this pertains to MMA because he changed MMA for the good. He came out, I wrote my a college paper on this before. guy hang on it, no big deal, I'm super smart, but um, he wrote, he, when MMA first came out back in 96, when it was just horrible, or maybe 93, 93, 94, it was just really terrible, um, bare knuckle, no weight classes, no rules, and he called it human cockfighting, and he was 100% right. Um, he, his words and his Power at the time as a senator in Arizona led to some other athletic commissions going. Well, hang on a second. This guy, I think you know what I mean? He's it was a, it was a chain reaction that other people opened their eyes to. And I think he, you know, he obviously didn't sit in meetings and and make up the rules, but his involvement of 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 getting MMA um, legislated and having rules was was immense it was very important his words rang true and Dana White compliments him all the time I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna tell Bruce Lee was you know a power a, you know one of the guys that have in MMA because of his moves from the 60s or whatever like that then John McCain's got to go on that list as well because he said he was very against it and then and then he was for it you know he's a boxing fan he's an MMA fan Dana White met him a few times and said he, he was very appreciative about everything they've done in MMA and you know, I'm sure and, and I like to think that, um, without McCain's words that MMA wouldn't become what it is today. I mean, that's that's just that's just I think that's true. And uh, so I thank John McCain for that because it's my favorite sport. I think it's one of the you know, if not the greatest sport in the world, with some of the greatest athletes and personalities. And without John McCain's and a uh, little bit of involvement and just his 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 displeasure of the early MMA stuff, which was pretty bad um it was It was really nice to see that it changed and evolved to what it is now Now it's a huge sport i mean ufc's worth what seven billion dollars so thank you john mccain um hope hopefully you know you find some peace wherever you're going and uh and i uh, thank you for for everything you've done for this country so we'll go from john mccain to conor mcgregor trolling uh khabib everyone's little worried that they haven't done a world tour they haven't done they haven't been at the press conference they haven't really been they haven't done a ton of media you know connor is training hard in um ireland right now i saw a picture of him he posted late last night on instagram where it was just picture him after grappling and stuff and he's you know, on some backdrop or whatever, but he looks in shape. He looks trim. He looks thin. He looks like he. Because, you know, uh, Connor in the offseason, Connor before Khabib was looking a little blown out to me, a little muscly, a little blown out, a little bloated. You know, he's not. I mean, he's a big guy, but. I think the the heavy muscles don't, doesn't look really work all that, that well on his frame. I think he's big for his divisions. He's really big for one forty five, but this fight obviously is at fifty five. I think he's a longer guy, and, and I think he's looking in incredible shape. Khabib the same way. Khabib looks incredible shape. Neither of these guys are missing weight. Hopefully, Con- I mean Connor's training extensively grappling. I know he is. I know he brought some people out. It's not getting publicized, but he brought some some real deal grapplers out there, and. um and he looks in shape. However, he, he has been doing a little jabs at Khabib. I don't have the direct uh, messages. I couldn't really find them. But essentially, um, from what I understand, I'm not a history buff, but from what I understand, the, the Dagestani and the Chechens have some kind of history. Obviously, Khabib is is very devoted to his Dagestani country and his, his brotherhood and whatnot. And he came out and um, was, was taking screen grabs from videos and talking about how a real Chechen would have never done this, and you're a coward and stuff. Just some stuff that, like, me on the outside might not think it's that big of a deal, but I bet you anything that's going to bother Khabib. I mean, he came after Khabib's father. He came after his family. He came after his friends. Now he's coming after his country a little bit. You know, Khabib, I think, has got the right people around him, but, you know, he still is a hothead. I mean, he's been in several altercations. This is the same guy who got in a fight with Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz at some event. So, I mean, Ho- Connor's doing it right, but Con- that, that that was about a week ago. I haven't really seen much from Connor. He's just been posting a lot of training videos. I think that's smart. I I, I don't think Connor I think Connor's in a position now. Where he doesn't really need to sell this fight. I think one press conference will do. There's no sense of Connor flying from Ireland, coming here. I know he's he's going to end his camp in Vegas to get uh, acclimated to the time. So when the, when he's in Vegas and Khabib's in California, maybe they can do something in L.A. Maybe you can do something a week before, but I think one press conference would suffice. Another thing, this is another thing I wasn't going to talk about this because I really hope it doesn't happen. But you know, Floyd and connor have kind of gone back and forth on Twitter again, and, and I'm hoping this isn't ramping up to another fight because it just it's something I don't really want to see. But I know I'm going to have to see it. It's like one of those things. It's like I know I'm going to pay money to see it, but I don't want it to happen. But I'm going to pay money for it. But I really don't want it to happen. Um, Floyd said something in, a, in an interview where a camera crew got him, and he said something about how you know the, the gym's open to Connor if he wants to come train. Connor, you know, responded in kind and Floyd responded with some pictures of him hitting Connor and telling everybody to have a caption on it. It's just it was uh, you know just classic social media warfare. Um I really hope the rematch doesn't happen. I don't think Connor beats any boxer on any level if I'm being completely honest with. you. It's just a different sport. Different punches, different angles, different movements, um, different conditioning. When it, when it boils down to it, I just you know I don't I just don't think Conor. I mean, if if you really want to piss away your legacy and you really want to piss away the hundred million dollar paydays, if it's you go box and keep losing, you know. Canelo Everett said something about Conor. Um, you know, Floyd Floyd and and, and Golovkin obviously he's not going to say anything, but I mean, there's a lot of fights out there for Conor, and I really don't want him to take it. Next up, another thing that got kind of big waves. I listened to this. I finished listening to this this week. Cowboy Cerrone was on Joe Rogan. Um, obviously, he was talking – everyone knows he was talking about how he left uh, – well, kind of left Greg Jackson's, but basically left. He has a big problem with Michael Winklejohn. He's never played Michael Winklejohn in his life. He's always paid Greg. They're partners. They're in the gym. Former teammates of Cowboy came out and said Cowboy's very selfish. And, you know, Cowboy was saying that, you know, there's guys that are coming off the street and as long as they pay their hundred fifty dollars, they can spar. You know, he's in there sparring with guys, you know, with no training and it's full out fights. You know, I think there's there's both sides of the story. I think Winkle John made a made a statement. I you know, I don't know where I fall on this fence, because I think Cowboy sounded a little erratic. I don't know if it was, you know, he had taken some drugs or if he was if he's boozed up. I know him and Joe were Doing a little bit of, smoking a little bit of pot or doing whatever and then drinking some beers. Uh, Cowboy, I know, is an emotional guy. He's talked about before. He's thrown out pretty much before every fight. He's very nervous. He's very in his head. He's seen a sports psychologist. Um, it's obviously hard for him because if he has, you know, he's been with this gym for extremely long time and now there's a fallout and, and you know, I don't know if he's handling it as well as I think he should. But, I, I mean, I guess I see this, you know, Cowboy Cerrone wants the elite training. He wants to be about him. This is a selfish sport. You know, you kind of need to be about him. He had to have his ranch. I understand why he did the ranch. He, he wanted to come down. And it's a really muddy situation. You know, he told some crazy stories about the cave diving and how he, he smuggled drugs in the Singapore. And then they had to take the audio and video down. Then put it back up because they had to edit that. Then he, you know, he was talking about how he used the uh, the the, the – f word the slang for you know um gay people i don't personally like using that word it's just i I think it's you know it's 2018 i think we can probably stop using that word however he uses it i I know several people that do use it it's fine i don't get offended because i'm not a gay man but i can see how people get offended by that it's it's a pretty harsh word um it's things now that it's we're in a culture where i think it should be acceptable for gay people not to be harassed or whatever but anyway he is now getting it just didn't go well for serone he's getting accused of being homophobe winkle john came out and other fighters came out and said you know it's you know cowboy's selfish and stuff like that so i don't think it went as well as he thought it went uh but it, it was entertaining and stuff i just think cowboy needs to find some peace i think he needs to you know, I I don't know. I, I you know, he's got Mike Perry fight. I think it's kind of weird, you know, cuz I think Jackson's is one of those guys that they 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 side with the new guy. I mean, Rashad Evans basically put that team on the map and then John, this John Jones guy comes through and they, you know, they were like, "Okay, we're done with Rashad cuz Rashad didn't live there." You know, Rashad lived in Chicago at the time and was coming down the train and John came in and and, and they're like, "Well, this guy's in the same weight class as him and he's way better." You know, they've they've kind of had a history of that where they've they didn't handle in-fights well enough, and, and, and there could have been a situation where, I'm, okay, uh, Donald's got his own wrestling coach and his own striking coach, but he likes Greg. Greg would c- corner Donald over Cowboy, or Perry, have Perry come in on these hours, train with Wank and, and uh, Frank Lester and whoever else, and then have Cowboy come in. You know, the only problem is that you're obviously sharing training partners and people are going like to you know, like someone over the other and stuff like that. I see where Cowboy's coming, though. Cowboy asked, hey, I've been here since fucking 04. This guy just did his camp here for the first time. Can he not do his camp for this fight? And because there's a lot of people that he trained with that has some secrets on them. Or has some tips or whatever the case may be. And they're like, well, no, because, you know, Perry pays. Is essentially what John says. And I can see that being true because this is just such a little small, little stupid little thing. But there was a thing on YouTube called Anatomy of a Fighter. And... It was for Jackson's or training day at Jackson's, and there's you know a ton of talent there. And all of a sudden, Winkle John shows up with his wife, and they're and they're giving out these shakes, these protein shakes, and having all the fighters try it. You know, essentially, hey, this is free, but if you like it, you got to buy it. And and I just you know that's like the Dwayne uh, Lugwood with the peanut butter stuff or whatever happened on Team Alpha Male. You got to make money when you got make money. You got kids. I get it. You got to keep the lights on. And, and Winkle John kind of runs the gym now. Uh, Cerrone said, Greg time kind of took a step back just was burnt down or whatever have you um you know i don't know you know i don't know i don't know the situation i don't know the ins and outs i think i can see both sides of it when i first heard it obviously i was on team cowboy then i read michael john's statement um it's whatever you make of it it's whatever you take of it i think cowboy just needs to maybe since he wasn't didn't seem like he was training there a whole bunch besides just working with greg i think he maybe just needs to He's already hiring his own coaches, he's already doing his own thing. He might need to, he you know need to find a coach and maybe pay Greg or or do something to figure it out. I'm sure it's not it's not that big of a deal, but it did make a big deal on the internet because Cowboy is is very open and honest and, and you got to you got to respect him for that. Taking a little drink of Taking a little drink. Um, next up Jimmy Manao, this this kind of bothered me. I added this topic last minute. Jimmy Manowal's opponent fell out for his fight in Brazil, so they replaced his opponent with Thiago Santos on short notice. I think maybe, maybe a month's notice, if that. I mean, maybe even more. And Jimmy Manuel kind of went on a radio show or a podcast or something, said so the UFC. He was very upset because the UFC persuaded him to take the Santos fight in Brazil. What? Huh? You're a fighter. This is what you do for a living. What do you mean he persuaded, I mean, what is going on with these, I don't understand it, I can understand, like, Tyron Willie just came out and said, excuse me, <clears throat> and Tyron Willie just came out and, I stopped recording and cleared my throat, jeez, Rusty, what I was saying, Tyron Willie just came out and said, I'm not fighting Kamaru Uzman, Kamara Uzman's going to weigh in, in case Darren Till makes weight, and then he'll get the shot, and Tyron says, I am i don't do that. I'm not going to fight Kamaru Usman on 24 hours notice. <clears throat> I get that. I understand that. I don't understand what Jimmy Mando was complaining about. Tiago Santos is a 185-pounder that is coming up in weight, and you have a month's notice. And they had to persuade you to take the fight. What happened... To fighters being fighters. I just don't get this. I don't understand this really soft narrative that's coming on in the UFC. Ben Folks. I was going I have this written down here. I was gonna talk about Ben Folks. We'll jump in. Ben Folks is like the Bob Costa of MMA. He shits on Dana White. Era is starting to turn that way too. When is it someone's gotta tell me when UFC in fighters in general this is wasn't a career path that they chose, you know, like Media members, Ben folks in particular, and other people think that this is something that they're forced to do. Like they didn't make like Jimmy Manawa. You chose to be a fighter. You've been a fighter for a long time. You're 38, 39 years old. You dedicated a lot of your life to this. Why are you being persuaded to take a fight to get a payday, to get move up in rankings, become the best you can be on like a month's notice? If it was a week's notice, a day's notice, whatever, I can be like, you know what. I can understand why he didn't take that. John Jones turned down a fight against Chael Sonnen on 24 hours' notice, as mu- and they had to cancel a pay per view. As much as I hated that idea, I understood it. I don't understand this man-in-wall complaint. I, I didn't listen to the audio. I just heard the. Uh, I just read it. I read it on MMA Fighting. I just. I don't understand the the persuading of me to fight somebody. You're a fighter now. If you worked ring crew. Or if you were in the lighting department, or if you were John Anik or something, and they're like Anik, you're the same way to so and so. We're gonna need you to fight, and it's going. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to fight. You know, that would be forcing someone to fight, employee to fight. But the fact is, this guy was training for a fight already. Had a, has a month or more to know about it, and you're gonna you're gonna say they persuaded you. I don't. I just don't get it. I. I mean. I'm on Team Fighter. If we're gonna if we're gonna debate and argue about fighter pay, I I, I can do that because I think fighters should get paid much much more money, right? But when it starts to shitting on Dana White, which I think sometimes gets unfairly, he doesn't need me to defend him, defend him. And then fighters going, oh, I didn't really want to take that fight. They persuaded me, or oh, you know, I don't know if I want that fight. What I don't understand that Matt Sarah just said on an interview that you would get ready. Because you knew a fight was coming. And then they would call you and go, hey, can you be on weight in three weeks? They might even tell you who your opponent was. That's very old school. is very new school. I get that. But I think a little old school should still be in the business. If they call you three months, hey, we got an opponent for you. It's so-and-so. Great. I'll, I'll accept the fight. I'll get. I'll get to, you know, eight weeks out, I'll start training. At eight weeks before your training camp, they call you back and go, hey, so-and-so's out. Can you take this fight? And you, and all of a sudden, no, you can't because you hadn't even started a training camp yet. I just, I just, I, I think some of these fighters are getting soft. I hate to say it. I, I, I think fighting, uh, being an MMA fighter, obviously is one of the hardest jobs in the world. But I think they're becoming soft, and I think guys like Ben Folks from MMA Junkie, who is trying to be the Bob Costas of MMA, I guess, you know, he's very, very liberal. Uh, I know I throw that term around. I mean, if you're a liberal, don't mean such, but his ideals and his, his way of thinking is very liberal. It's, it's hate the man with the money and support the support the people who who he feels are repressed. But again, these are people that choose to do this, right? I mean, people choose to be a fighter. You know, I don't like my job some days. Should I go into my boss and be like, "This is this is ridiculous that you're making me do this, that you're making me do that"? But blah, blah, blah. I chose to do that. This is a job. This is how I make money. You're not gonna like it every single time. And fighters are a little different because this is something that they chose to do. They're elite athletes. You know, it's, it's, imagine Tom Brady waking up going, "You know what? I just I was supposed to play against Von Miller this weekend, and Von Miller is out, so I can't prepare for this other defense, and I you know, I don't know his." I don't know his moves. I don't know if he's going to come from the left or the right. I don't know how he how he sacks. If he's going to hit low, if he's going to hit high. I don't want to play. That's ridiculous. you got to get ready to get ready. And I understand fighters a week or a day or hours advance, if they take the fight, But great. I mean, that's risky, but okay. But when you're a professional fighter and you're not taking fights a month out when they switch opponents, I think that's absolute lunacy. So here's what Ben Folk said, and I had this pulled up. Because I actually made a comment, and a couple other people kind of got after me. So he started with, people who think that fighters should be falling all over themselves with gratitude for Dana White. You realize he got super rich off other people fighting, right? Like, bought his neighbor's houses so he can knock them down rich. Maybe the gratitude should flow the other way. Hmm, well, Dana White's not a fighter. He's a promoter. And every promoter in every combat sports business has made money off fighting. I mean, that's what a promoter does. He goes. He go, he continues to say, like, go spend the day with a fighter in training camp. See the physical abuse they go through. Remind yourself that they aren't being paid for it. That that may that they'll end up <clears throat> doing it for nothing if they lose their opponent last minute. Then tell me how fucking or how lucky they are. Okay. First off, again, they're train during training camp. They're training, and when opponents fall out, and they don't get paid. That's a whole different topic. If, if you show up and you're on weight, and your opponent can't make weight, you should get paid. your you your show up and you win money, hundred percent. I agree with that. That sucks everything like that but grueling training up the physical abuse they're choosing to do this they're fighters okay go through a camp without physical abuse and see how well you do he ends with this idea that fighters should be grateful because they made money to fight another human being in a cage for entertainment you do realize that the people promoting the fight made more fighter more than the fighters did in every single instance right okay again this goes back to my whole cruxy argument you are fighters. Dana White is a promoter. He's gonna promote a fight. Dana White over the probably the past maybe five years has really put together maybe three fights. McMahon and Sean Shelby put the fights together. They place the phone calls. Dana White will call maybe a DC. He'll call Connor. He'll call George Saint Pierre, Michael Bisping, all those guys. But other the other than the super fights in these, in the in these title fights and stuff, the deal's getting done by McMahon and Sean Shelby fighting the cage for your, our entertainment they chose to do that again life is about choices these fighters decided that they want to train mma and then they got really good and they got to the biggest stage of them all and then they decided they don't want to do that anymore that's their decision there's no cowardness in that there's no anything if you just get burnt out and you don't want to do it you don't want to do it anymore i responded i can't find my tweet it was on my personal account i saw that and i jumped on i didn't do it on the mma takes i should have I got some backlash, or whatever like that. someone said something to me uh, about <clears throat> about uh how i didn't how I didn't think fighters should get paid anymore and all I'm saying is <clears throat> Dana White should have what he has right dana white is is very talented at his job. We're talking about him now. Ben folks is talking about him. I don't agree with everything dana says i don't i don't i don't uh obviously I'm not hundred percent on board with dana white uh, as a, as a person or anything like that, but I think he does a good job. I think he's the right man for the job. He's not gonna be there forever. When he's gone, I'm sure these guys are same guys are gonna write articles about how he wishes he was there. But to say Dana White doesn't deserve the money he makes is absolutely ridiculous. He's a hardworking guy, he puts his stuff together. Back in the day, he used to go to every fight. He used to put together <clears throat> a lot of fights. Now it's more, you know, diplomatic. He kinda, he kinda you know does his promotion thing for the bigger fights and then kind of lays low. <clears throat> but for fighters to say, oh, for Ben folks to say, well, fighters should make more money. The fighters should make more money. That wasn't what I was arguing about. You're saying Dana White shouldn't be rich or shouldn't have the praise that he has for doing what he's done for the sport. You're taking away the accomplishments of Dana White. That was my biggest issue. If people attacked me and said, oh, you don't care about fighters. All you care about is millionaires. Blah, blah. There's fighters out there that are millionaires. I care about the fighters. I care that the fighters need to they need to make more money, 100%. I'll be on the side of that, right? The fair market value, this and that. If, if you know there's a the one fighter just fought recently in the UFC you got 12,000 12,000 to win everyone was up in arms what does bellator pay their fighters What do other i know UFC's the promotion and they're the ones that getting they're getting the eye on but these are the same people that don't ever say anything bad about bellator which is a hugely bad company as well they're obviously clearly number 2 so that's my little rant about Ben Folks and about the whole situation. We're running late here. I'm excited to talk to you guys. We're at 30 minutes. I got some other things to talk to you real quick. Real quick, <clears throat> Logan Paul versus K- KSI, whoever the fuck that is. Logan Paul is a guy in Vine. I remember I was a big Vine guy. I remember seeing him first couple Vines he did where he got a little exposure. He was a college kid in Ohio. He's from Ohio. And he did shit like jumping in the snow, shirtless, and getting in the wrong people's cars. You know, I didn't think he was my he wasn't my cup of tea, but, you know, I didn't mind him. And then he kind of fell off my radar. And then a couple years later, I heard about his brother, Jake Paul. they He fought on the same card. And all of a sudden I was like, well, this kid's got 18 million followers on YouTube or subscribers, whatever you call him. I clicked on it. Unwatchable video, just unwatchable how obnoxious this guy's being. Obviously, he was in the news about filming that dead body. He's all about clicks. They made they put a fight together with KSI who apparently is a, is is a big is the same situation on YouTube over in england i don't I don't understand it, but these guys are basically famous hugely famous for putting on daily vlog I don't know what they do. they fought in a boxing match his little brother fought the both little brothers fought as well in the on the first fight. I did not watch I saw the highlights Logan Paul I think Logan Paul has some skill i mean I, I know i'm the, the minority that he's a wrestler. In good shape, has some skill. Boxing was okay. Worked his jab, worked his left hand, didn't you know, didn't have his feet around. I mean no, he, he it was kind of a, a last minute training thing, but I think if he really could train, he could be good. KSI is just tough. KSI was a little sloppy, a little wild. Um, don't know anything about KSI much. I know he <clears throat> he fought uh or no he did a a twitch thing for UFC with the playing the UFC game and stuff like that. I know UFC fighters were we're backing him in that fight. I guess he's Uji Popper again. Don't know much about him. Brendan Schaub went on this rant, and we're going on the brand. I gotta get a little audio clip every time I talk about this fucking guy. I, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it because we are running late, and I got I got some things I want to get to here. But uh, um, he, it just, it's just, he's just so stupid, Brendan Schaub. He's just like promotion's not that easy or not that hard. UFC should take learn lesson from the Logan Paul KSI promotion. Oh Brandon, oh Brandon. The UFC doesn't have anybody besides Conor McGregor that has nearly as close as many followers, subscribers, whatever you want to call it as these guys. These guys would've sold anything. That anybody can sell anything, right? If you put Leo DiCaprio in an MMA fight with Bradley Cooper, that's going to sell a lot of money. Everyone wants to see everyone fight. It's just a natural primal instinct, right? Does the fight mean it's Does it mean it's gonna be good? Absolutely not. This fight was not good. I thought Logan Paul showed a little bit of skill, but the fight wasn't good. They're boxing with headgear on, I believe it was in England, and they're charging 10 bucks, $10 to the watch this. They sold 800,000 of it or whatever, and then others got bootlegged. Of course, that's gonna do good numbers. The hard part of promoting is promoting a guy that no one knows, and you go, hey, listen, watch this guy fight because he's so good and people are like well i don't know who that is i'm telling you to watch him that is promotion you got to promote people that people do not know logan paul and ksi already have a huge following there's no promotion done they already did the legwork by themselves little tweens 10 year old girls and boys follow these people they're little itty bitty kids so, the idea of you saying there's no need for promotion, but you need to promote the guys that no one knows. Conor McGregor, no one knew Conor McGregor in the beginning. He, his very first fight was in Sweden against Marcus Bremens, knocked him out. The UFC saw this guy and was like, you know what? This guy's going to be pretty good. This guy's got some talent. This guy's got something interesting about him. The Ireland people loved him. The, you know, Ireland, and you know, there's a couple people who came over Sweden. And then his next fight. I was in Boston against Max Holloway, and he was on. He was the main event of the prelims or whatever, and they shut the lights off for him and showed his walkout. They built him up. That's how you promote. These guys don't need to promote because they already. Logan Paul can send a tweet out like, "Hey, buy my shirt." Forty thousand people are going to buy his shirt. His promotion's already set up. So what are you talking about? The UFC needs to learn from this. What they need to they need to hire Logan Paul and KSI, or do they need to? Um, put these guys on twitch because there's no fighter right now that can resonate with the tweens the people who are following this guy no one respectable is following this guy it's these little itty bitty kids that's not the ufc's demographic so should we get so the ufc should plant seeds early on with like a 15 or 16 year old kid that's coming up that's uh training should they he start getting a twitch stream and a youtube stream is that what you're talking about because you didn't elaborate all that well I don't know what you're talking about. Promotion is promote a guy that no one knows, but you're telling me I need to see him fight. Putting a video package together of his accomplishments and then triggering your brain. I might need to see this guy fight. It's classic. So Brendan Schaub is just a complete moron. I, so, I, I could go on for days about this, but there's a topic I want to get to. Uh, last but not least of the little current events, and then we'll have one segment, and then we'll get to top five. Andrea Lee is a UFC fighter, female UFC fighter. I don't know if you remember her. At least she's 1-0 in the UFC. I know she just won a recent fight a couple months ago. Her husband slash coach got got in some hot water uh, a few months ago because there was a uh, a Nazi tattoo or white supremacist tattoo that he had on him. And obviously the internet went went wild with him. And he came out and said, listen, I'm not going to remove it because... You know, maybe one day I will, but not right now. It was a dark time in my life, blah, blah, blah. I came out and said all the right things. Well, uh, believe it or not, that guy now is on the run because he smacked up his wife, Andrea Lee, um, quite bad, and uh, fled, I believe she's from Louisiana or, or Florida, fled a state and, and, and is on a manhunt right now. So big shocker that a guy with, with a white supremacist Nazi tattoo end up being a real piece of shit and hitting his wife. That just that just blows me away. That, yeah, I'm I'm being facetious. No, of course that this fucking guy would do that. Um it's it's a shame. I mean this is I don't tolerate this at all. I hate it. This is just it's a bugaboo. I went on the Greg Hardy thing. I've 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 went off on Nick Diaz who just apparently gotta quit it um from all charges. But, you know, I hopefully Andrew Lee, this is just such a such sticky situation for some females. You know, it's 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 hard for you know, I think females are some of the strongest women. I mean, I think they're just superior than men in any aspect, but you know, it's hard because this is her husband and this is her coach. So not only affects her personal life, it's going to affect her career. Um, and, uh, I just hope that, you know, she has some good resolution and, and she decides to move on and never give this guy a piece of shit. Hopefully he goes to jail for an extended period of time and, she has good people around her to keep this guy away and all that stuff. Um, that's what I hope for. Um, I, hopefully the guy gets caught. I don't know if he's been caught yet. Uh, the last I last I heard he hadn't. Let me, let me let me do a quick search here. See if he uh if he's been busted yet. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, he assaulted her, police issue arrest warrant. I don't see anything about um him getting caught yet so he's still on the run he ran like a coward ran to a different state or whatever they're trying to track him down so fuck that guy hopefully you know um not to make this like a like a another thing about greg hardy but um hopefully because what i want to see is when Lee, unfortunately if if she does get back with him and and forgives him or or whatever and then you know decides that she wants him to corner him i would be curious to see what the ufc does if Dan White comes out and says no, we'll never have that guy in the UFC again. Then you know why does Greg Hardy get a second chance? Not saying that these guys get a second chance. I think they. I don't think Greg Hardy belongs in the UFC. I don't think this guy needs a corner and her in the UFC. But that that was just my argument right there. So I just want to touch on that a little bit. Um, hopefully, there's some resolution. This guy gets arrested and gets uh, butt fucked in prison. Uh, next up, we got just another. We're going to, we got uh, my next up segment, which was a hit last time i did it but uh ferguson pettis got announced um real quick uh, i think that's a fight's a good fight i really wanted gaethje gaethje called out ferguson i don't know if gaethje would want to do the quick turnaround but because i believe this is on the connor card on august 6th or october uh, october 6th there it is i know how to talk again um the one thing that i don't want to happen i don't think i ally, ally, ally quinto deserves this fight a lot of people are throwing his name out with gaethje throw his name out with Kevin Lee. I know they want to rematch stuff. I just, I know he stepped up and fought Khabib on, on short notice, but the way this guy carries himself on Twitter and the, the way he's mentally checked out, he pulled himself out of the Vic fight or he pulled himself and won to fight and just said, I'm not ready to fight. I just, he, he, this is the guy that wants the world but doesn't want to work for it type deal. So Ferguson Pettis just got announced for October 6th, not just got announced, but about a week ago. But uh, I think that's a good fight, but I would, I, I, th- I would like to, to see Justin Gaethje maybe stay ready to hop in there. I think that would be uh, most advantageous for Justin Gaethje. Big word, big word. And our uh, our recurring segment called Next Up. So next up at 145 is Brian Ortega. I mean, that was an easy one. Brian Ortega, he he deserves to fight Max Holloway. There's a no-brainer on that one. Um, I I don't see anybody else at forty five really deserving it. Of, i mean stevens was hot for a while but stevens just you know he hasn't fought brian ortega but stevens got knocked out by aldo i don't think aldo has been knocked out twice by max i don't really think you know a, a third fight's warranted ortega's undefeated they, i mean that's the fight that i'm looking forward to the most that's going to be action-packed unbelievably incredible so ortega and max holloway needs to happen uh, that's a no-brainer next up at 155 is Dustin Poirier, actually. Yeah, I think Dustin Poirier's done enough. I know Ferguson's in a mix. I know um, you know, obviously Connor and are fighting who the winner that should fight. And, and I'm saying Dustin Poirier. I know Nate Diaz is fighting Poirier. If Poirier loses Nate Diaz, I won't be good. 155 is a logjam. They got a lot of good guys up there. I mean Ferguson, former champion, he beats Pettis. How does he not get a shot? But uh, I'm going with Poirier. I'm going with Dustin Poirier. I think he's done enough. I think if he beats Nate Diaz, I think he doesn't answer that fucking phone unless it's for a title shot. I really don't. It really is going to depend on how Khabib Connor goes. Because Khabib Connor, if it's a if it's a close fight and one wins another, they're obviously going to do an immediate rematch. Um, I see if Connor if Connor clips Khabib early and puts him down. I don't know if they give him an immediate rematch. There's some different types of immediate rematches. Connor might go away again. Connor's going to make so much money he's going to go away for another year. You know, I understand getting Connor title fights because he deserves them. He, and he's still one of the greatest. But he's not going to defend it for very long. I think if Connor wins, he'll go away for a year. He'll come back. There'll be an interim title. He'll probably fight Nate Diaz. Get that truly under his belt. But, yeah, I think Dustin Poirier has done enough. And uh, I like Dustin Poirier a lot. Um, um, I'm starting to join the train. I, you, know, I, you know, I just some of his losses really stuck with me. And, and I, I couldn't get over some of the losses. However... I think uh, I think he's done enough, and he's, his skills are—he's really in his prime right now. He's he's, he's really active. I think um, the Nate Diaz fight is very interesting. All right, so we're in the show with the top five like we always do. Top five, top five. So I got a little creative. You know, I was going to do—I've already done top five English fighters in, in honor of Darren Till. I've already done top five. Whatever, so I did top... Because Till is undefeated. So I did top five undefeated UFC champions. Um, people that went into the title fight, undefeated, and then won the title. You know, it's actually it a pretty, pretty hard list to find. Um, undefeated records in MMA, there's not a lot of them. Usually, usually someone's got a, a loss here or there. You know, Junior Dos Santos, when he, when he knocked out Cain Velasquez, he had that loss. And then, you know, Jose Aldo already had one loss when he won the WC and the UFC. So... Let's get to the list here. Excuse me, got my, I gotta file my paperwork away. Number one, no. Excuse me. Let's not jump to number one. Number five, Cody Garbrandt. He was undefeated when he when he took. I know he lost amateur. There was that video of him got knocked out as an amateur, pretty brutally. But uh, he was he was undefeated when he got his title shot against Dominic Cruz. Um, showed up and showed out and looked incredible. One of my all time favorite performances. It was unbelievable. He's at number five because he's lost twice. You know, he's, he has now since lost twice. Uh, two pretty ugly losses to TJ. Looked great. I thought he looked great in the first fight. And then, you know, I know he was injured and he was saying, you know, I got off the couch in the snap, but I thought he looked really, really good. I didn't think he looked that great in the second fight. Was was really curious what he was doing. TJ's obviously looked great. But, uh, yeah, he's number five. Number four, Joanna Janjarek undefeated obviously same situation with cody garbrandt she just dropped two to rose she lost title to rose and then she lost the rematch she has since won and, and is working her way back up but you know hard to put her at number one when she is you know she has she dropped to the same same gal. but incredible fighter one of the all-time greats future hall of famer for sure number three Cain Velasquez. People forget about how good Kane was. Kane was a real deal. I mean, he's a motherfucker to handle. He is so good, so talented. Just he is made of chalk. He gets injured left and right. I don't know what that is. I don't know if his heads in it anymore because I, I, I mean, I heard months ago he was he was healthy to come back, and now he's not. I, I you know I see him training with DC. Um, I don't know what he's doing for money. He's not you know. He, I'm sure he has. Some kind of sponsors, but, you know, the guy has a personality of a dead moth, so I don't really know what they're putting him on. However, he was so, so good. He beat Brock Lesnar. He was 8-0 when he beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Destroyed Brock Lesnar, lost the lost the title to Junior Santos, but he ended up uh, beating Junior twice. And then his only other loss is to, um, his only loss is to for be sure we're doomed. Number two, Ronda Rousey. I know Ronda, a lot of people shit on her because her career kind of fell apart at the end there, had some ugly losses to Holly Holmes, Amanda Nunez, blah, blah, blah. But Ronda Rousey, Hall of Famer, Ronda Rousey, incredible talent as a female, really put the females on the map. Without Ronda Rousey, as much as you like her, hate her, whatever, without Ronda Rousey, the females wouldn't be in the UFC. I think there's some female fighters that are absolutely tremendous. Some of the female fights are the best fights in the night. Some great personalities as well ronda rousey easily number two i know her career kind of teetered at the end and you can blame that on a number of things but when she was in her prime and she was armbarring everybody obviously she was undefeated um her first her fight with misha tate and strike force was incredible her fight with misha tate you know she's incredible so ronda rousey for sure number two and number one you know gotta give it to khabib i mean when you're 25 and 0 and you're fighting top level competition in the hardest, one of the hardest divisions. I want to say the hardest. A lot of people say the hardest. I'm going to say one of the hardest divisions in all of MMA, 155 pounds, and you haven't lost one. I know you could probably deep dive into his, his record and really look at some of the earlier fights and realize that some of those, you know, but people from Dagestani are tough. So Khabib, for sure, number one overall. We'll see what he does against Connor. I'm very interested in that. And uh, But that's top five stretching out here a little bit all right so that's the show so good to talk to you guys we're gonna have another one this week i'm gonna break down the entire ufc 228 card darren till is fighting am i gonna think darren till is gonna win uh spoiler alert, yes i do think he's gonna win but there's a lot of good fights a lot of people are sleeping on this card i will not be in dallas as, as unfortunately i want to go so bad they keep uh denying my credentials I didn't really want to pick up tickets. I will be watching on pay-per-view, um, in Breath, but there's some just some really good cards. I was I was breaking this down the other day. Really good fights in this card. I think there's some interesting stuff. All righty. So I will probably you probably hear my voice probably this Friday. Thursday or Friday. All right. See ya.